0: Welcome to Marriage Devotionals with Jeff and Debbie, a weekly opportunity to listen in as they share their personal devotionals to encourage you and yours. And now, here's your hosts, national speakers and authors, Jeff and Debbie. Hey guys, it's Jeff and Debbie, and we are so glad that you are joining us again in 2020 as we do Marriage Devotionals together.
1: Yeah, we are excited about the fact that so many of you went through the whole year last year with us, and as we walked through Mr. and Mrs., it was a great marriage devotional. This year, we decided we would uh, do another one. Uh, Not that there was anything wrong with that one, but if you're like we are, every year it just feels like, okay, it's a new year. Let's do a new thing.
0: Yeah, this year we're doing Chris Tigreen's One Year at His Feet devotional.
1: Yeah, now this devotional is not... Created to be a marriage devotional, as such, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason that we chose it is because we want to also show you that you can use any devotional, yeah. and God can still use the truths of that to still impact your marriage. Yeah. So you'll hear us um, both apply it to ourselves personally as well as to our relationship as we go through these this year.
0: Yeah, and we are so glad that so many of you joined us last year. We had over 5,000 plays of the Marriage Devotionals with Jeff and Debbie throughout the year. And so we're looking forward to um, getting to spend this year with you again. And um, if you haven't, make sure that you share this podcast um, with your friends and family and let them know that they can grow in their marriage by doing this spiritual discipline of a Devo together.
1: Yeah. So again, this one is also one per day. And so we're going to do the same format that we did last year. We're going to take one a week to be able to post on this podcast, because our desire is more that you guys would just get in the habit of of at least once a week right. meeting together spiritually instead of trying to set the bar so high that you feel like, man, we're, we're going to have to try to make this happen every day. We want to give you more of a chance of feeling a sense of success than a sense of failure. So,
0: But if you are wanting to do more, then go out and get your own copy of yeah. the one year at his feet devotional.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, in a couple of different formats. You can get it in paperback, the leather-bound, and then also in the Kindle version. So uh, you can get it in a variety of different ways. So we look forward to this year with you as we all meet at His feet. January 1st, Revelation 22, 13. The title is called Ultimate Authority. I am the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation twenty-two thirteen. If you accept the authority of Jesus in your life, then you accept the authority of his words. From Colin Urquhart. Urquhart? Close. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. In word, there is no greater claim to authority than this. Those who would take the words of Jesus as good suggestions, spiritual advice, recommendations for a moral and happy life, or any other such expression of human wisdom, must consider this verse, He is the Alpha and the Omega. Those who believe that the Bible does not claim that Jesus is God incarnate must also account for this, for in Revelation 1.8 and 21.6, it is God the Father who says He is the Alpha and Omega. There cannot be two alphas and omegas, firsts and lasts, beginnings and ends, the Father and the Son are one. When this truth grips us, discipleship takes off. There can be no casual reading of the Gospels when we understand that the words of Jesus are the words not only of a great teacher, but of God Himself, the Creator of the universe, the author of all wisdom, and the knower of all mysteries." There is nothing truer or more complete in this world. No more accurate prophecy, no better psychology, no sager advice than the teaching that comes straight from the mouth of the living God. In fact, there is no other opinion worth heeding. His words are the owner's manual for our hearts. And it says, Indeed. Ask yourself these probing questions. Do you hear his words casually as though they are mere suggestions? Or do you voraciously consume his teachings as the key to life, dependent on it for your very existence? or his words like a fragrant aroma, pleasing, but not entirely necessary? Or are they like oxygen, a matter of life and death? They were true before the foundation of the world, and they will be true for all eternity. Savor them well. Hmm.
0: Definitely a, a good one for, you know, the beginning of the year. I guess if I look at those questions, you know, at the end on the indeed, do I, do I hear his words, um, voraciously consume his teaching, depend on it for my very existence? I mean, the truth is no, not, not always. I mean, I I hear some of it sometimes and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that verse. That's a cool verse. But it's not like, oh my word, that is life changing. And if I really pay attention to that, that would change the way I act with you, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
1: I think that you and I can both say God's word and his principles and his commands steer and guide our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we are constantly trying to live under the submission um, to that. I think that we can always grow, though, in asking the Holy Spirit to increase our hunger for more of His Word to sustain us on a day-to-day basis.
0: It, just the word voracious. I mean, I, mean yeah. I don't think most of the time I'm voracious right. about learning the God, mm-hmm. Word of God, yeah. even though I should be. I mean, I should want to know everything he has to say, you know, and, and when I'm wanting to be different uh, in my relationship with you, you know, I should want to know, how do I do that? How, and I'm, I should wake up in the morning and I can't wait to read what God has to say to me that day, you know? So,
1: and you know, for me, um, because I hate to read that, I, I've always prayed, Lord, just make me want to do that before I do anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the stories of people that early in the morning they're having their coffee and they're reading God's word and they're writing in their journal. I'm like, I want to be that guy, and <laughs> it may be I may be 75 before I finally become that guy. But I think that what the Lord asks for us is to not do this out of a religious right. obligation. Right but more out of a relational desire.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's interesting, though, because that one part of the Indeed that says, you know, or his words like a fragrant aroma, pleasing, but not entirely necessary. But, I mean, the Bible also talks about the fact that we are supposed to be an aroma of Christ. And so it's like, well, I mean, that wouldn't be all bad if, if I... I understand what he's saying is it's just a good smell and you know, it's just enough, but he that he wants it to be oxygen. I understand where he was going with that, but I was like, but really I I want those words to make me have a pleasing aroma. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I want I I want
1: God's word to me to be oxygen, but I want my life to him to be a pleasing aroma.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. And I
1: guess it can be a pleasing aroma to him if his words aren't oxygen and the source of sustenance for us
0: and i think i think that's why maybe sometimes in our marriage and when we talk to other people um, especially if they're you know in bad places in their marriage they their oxygen is their anger in the moment or their oxygen is their their feeling in the moment instead of what does god have to say you know like what should i be doing right now yeah Many times I know what it is. I've already read God's word, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then it's not really oxygen for me, you know, Yeah, because I'm not letting it change me in the moments that it counts the most.
1: That same kind of line I was thinking when I was thinking of how does this apply to marriage? And I think what you and I see so often is, and we've dealt with this ourselves, if we've gone through a time, especially earlier on when, we're having an argument and we're disagreeing and we know we need to apologize, but we, we don't want to apologize or we would stay angry with each other longer than we should have. Um, those couples that we see and that we work with where maybe it's at our marriage intensive, um, where somebody has been deeply hurt and they don't want to forgive and they don't want to, uh, let God have the seat of, of being judge and, and the source of justice. They want to play that role. But ultimately what we're saying when we do that is I don't really hold God as the ultimate authority. I hold myself as the ultimate authority. Yeah.
0: Cause then he's not the beginning and the end. Right. It, even in our relationship, you know, with our spouse. Yeah,
1: because you know? I mean, we're saying as the hurt spouse, no, I will have the end word. Right, God exactly. doesn't get to be the end.
0: Wow, yeah. So
1: it really at that point doesn't become about the marriage mm-hmm. at all because they can blame their spouse all they want to, but what they're saying to God is your word is not the ultimate authority of my life. Mm-hmm. I will be.
0: Wow, okay. Lord, <laughs> that just... Um... That convicts me in such a strong way in that, um, I guess, to be honest, sometimes I want to be the beginning and the end in times of struggle in our relationship, Um, and I do believe that you, Jesus Christ, and God are the Alpha and Omega, and I ask for you to make me aware of any time that I need to come to you and say, I am not the beginning, I am not the end. Show me what you have to say. Help me bow before your authority. And because of that, then I can be different in my marriage and in my life. Amen.
1: Father, I pray that you would forgive me for any area of my life, whether it's in my marriage with Debbie, in any, any part of my life where your commandments are clear and your, your word is um, as obvious as it can be in terms of what I am supposed to do in an area and for whatever reason, I choose not to. I pray that you forgive me for being so arrogant as the created to look in the face of the creator and tell you, I know better. And I am so deeply sorry for the times that I have never said those words out loud, but my actions have. And, um, that disobedience, um, it's not enough for me to just look at disobedience as a little spoiled child throwing a, a spiritual tantrum. It's more than that. And, I um, I want to start off this year in 2020 saying, Father, I want to, I need your Holy Spirit to help me stay in the posture of humility and submission and surrender to you this year for my relationship with you first and foremost, and for my marriage as the result of that. In your name I pray, Amen.